Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Friday, January the 3rd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the playoffs start tomorrow. I'll fill out my bracket on the show here. Plus, I'll name one player each position from free agency and from the draft that has a good shot to be a Dolphin in 2020. And we'll answer a bunch of your questions via the Twitter mailbag. All of that and more. But first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, Top 200 on Apple Podcasts, all week. Let's keep that going. Once you've done that, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL, the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter. That's voted by Dolphins Twitter. You can follow the show at Locked on Fins. We'll follow you back and check out LockedOnDolphins.com. Jason Harina has his all-decade defensive team up on the site right now. And next week, we're going to have a bunch of good content for you guys. Let's go ahead and jump into this show right now. That little teaser about additional content next week. I've been trying to kind of figure out how I'm going to approach the first week of the offseason as this was kind of more of a reflection week for me looking back at the 2019 season. But now next week, we're really going to dive heavily into this offseason stuff and we'll start with the Chan Gailey offensive system review and we'll have that for you guys on the Sunday night slash Monday morning podcast. And then every day from there, we're going to look at one position group and review every single player on the current Dolphins roster that could be back next year, how they did, talk about their stats and their performance and their all 22 and show you guys videos up on the website and also take a look at the top options at every round of the draft, possible free agent buys, whether it's high market, mid market, low market. We're going to have you guys covered here. Myself, Locked On Dolphins, wherever I'm at, the Dolphins season never sleeps. So just always know that. And with that, let's go ahead and play a fun little game I drew up for this first segment before getting into your mailbag questions. In the next segment, I wanted to look at one name at every position one name from the draft, one name from free agency that would make sense for the Dolphins this coming off season. And a lot of these names are going to sound familiar to you guys because I've been talking about them, the draft guys especially, for about four months now. We start at the quarterback position and really I don't think there are good veteran options out there for Miami. But if they want to make the big splash, I think Cam Newton makes the most sense, especially now with the addition of Chan Gailey. We'll jump more into that on the Monday podcast. But I think Cam Newton, if he gets out of Carolina and the Dolphins don't want to go the rookie route this year, maybe they're a little bit too impatient to come back next year in the rookie class. I think Cam Newton it would make a lot of sense to replace Ryan Fitzpatrick, who you would then have to say goodbye to. And the rookie would be a guy you could take along with Cam Newton too. That, of course, is Jordan Love from Utah State. I'll continue to say this. He does things on the football field every single week that I've never seen anybody else do. And that's better, more so, than Patrick Mahomes. He has more physical wow talent, wow factor than Pat Mahomes does. I'm not saying that's who he's going to be, but you see it every single week, and that alone intrigues the crap out of me. At the tailback position, Austin and Eckler, a restricted free agent, but he does everything on the field that you can ask from that position. A guy that gives you lots of versatility in your personnel sets. You can go 11 personnel empty. He can flex out and be the receiver 
and you pretty much keep the base defense on the field because of that. Now, he will cost you a draft pick and a big contract to get him away from Los Angeles, and that's why I think you just stay in the draft and go through a guy like J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State. The exact same things apply to him. Passing game, pass pro, big-time playmaker with the big open field breakaway speed, but also the power and grit to run through tackles, a good enough shake and wiggle in the gap to make things happen, and good vision as well. At the receiver position, Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think that the Dolphins will sign a receiver. To me, they already have six good ones they can bring back next year, but if I'm going to get one, I want an elite slot guy that can take the top off the defense from the slot. To me, that's Emmanuel Sanders if he doesn't sign in San Francisco, which I believe he will because he had a massive impact on that offense. A 30-year-old player couldn't have an impact possibly, right? Well, Emmanuel Sanders did, and the rookie is going to be Tyler Johnson. Been on him for a while now, possibly second, third round pick. Again, I don't think the Dolphins go that high for the Minnesota Gopher receiver or any receiver for that matter, but Tyler Johnson just flat produces and he can play inside or outside. Justin Jefferson would be on that list too, but he also will be a high draft pick. At tight end, I don't love the class either side, whether it's draft or free agency. We're taking the Colts, the Colts, Mo Alley Cox. He's a big end line Y blocking type. And from the draft, I'm going to take Albert Okawaybaum. And I know I got that way off. The Missouri tight end, he can do a little bit of everything for you as well. I didn't see much of his work this year. I saw him play last season, and that's why the name really escapes me as far as how to pronounce it. On the offensive tackle position, Anthony Costanzo, if he gets out of Indianapolis, I just don't think the tackle class is good in free agency whatsoever. But the good thing is, is the draft class is, even though Alex Leatherwood, who might be my choice here, had he declared, but he too is going back to Alabama, which could be a bad sign for the Tuatunga Vailoa announcement on Monday. But the tackle class is still good. Makai Becton out of Louisville. I like him. He's a big physical athlete that can throw guys around the field. Kyle Krabs likes him, and that for me is enough to put the stamp on him. At the guard position, Joe Tooney talked about him a million times, and Shane Lemieux, the Oregon left guard. I think both those guys make a lot of sense as far as what the Dolphins want at the position. And Graham Glasgow could shake free in Detroit. Sounds like he might test the open market. I would take a look at him as well. At center, I'm going with Ted Karras. The Patriots could move on from him when David Andrews gets back. He's filled in this season. The Dolphins know him. He seems to make some sense there, but I do think they'll draft somebody, and Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma is the best center in this class. I was Jadavian Clowney team all the way at the edge position, but now I have transitioned because Clowney's always hurt, and he's not consistent in his production. A good run defender, no doubt. I think Yannick Ngakwe can be that. He can be versatile, and he's a much better pass rusher than Jadavian Clowney is, so give me uh, Yannick Ngakwe if he shakes free. I'll take Curtis Weaver from Boise State as the other option at defensive end from the draft. He is a big dude that can play multiple positions, plays with his hair on fire. There's some Christian Wilkins to his personality too, which I think would be a lot of fun to watch in Miami. At the defensive tackle position, Danny Shelton. Miami needs a big, beefy space eater in the middle of that defensive line. They've got enough guys that can play all over the place. I think you need a big-time 300-snap taking nose tackle that can just plug space. In the draft, Navelle Gallimore from Oklahoma. He is position diverse, can play a bunch of different spots, run, pass rusher, hair on fire type of guy. Those are the kind of guys we're looking for here in Miami. At linebacker, Kyle Van Noy, if he hits the market, I am certain the Dolphins will have a contract offer in his agent's hand before free agency starts, which by the way, free agency officially has a date. It's March 18th when teams can officially sign guys, but of course that two-day window, the 16th, which is a Friday, I think, is when you can start to negotiate. So we'll get deals in over the weekend, and I think that Kyle Van Noy could be a first-day signing for Miami 
if he shakes free in the draft. It's obviously Isaiah Simmons. No need to describe that any further. We talked about him a lot on the, was it the Wednesday podcast? I believe it was at the cornerback position. Logan Ryan from Tennessee, former Patriot, knows this defense, knows these, knows these coaches. A very good player there. Can play some inside and outside as well. It's perfect Brian Flores defensive back. Jeff Gladney out of TCU. I just think Dolphins will maybe not go high as far as Christian Fulton or Jeffrey Okuda, those types of top-level cornerbacks. I think Jeff Gladney is a good pick, maybe with that Saints pick in the back end of the second round, and he can come in and be a starter for you from TCU. At the safety position, Justin Simmons from Denver makes a ton of sense if you want to spend big. And then Antoine Winfield, the Minnesota Gopher, is my draft name at that position. If you get five, six, seven of these guys off this list, this could be a playoff team as soon as next year. I think the Dolphins are going to have to really, really outdo themselves in terms of being horrible this offseason to not put a competitive team on the field next year. They have too many good things going for them, too good of a coaching staff, and way too many resources for me to mess this thing up. I am so excited about this offseason. And when we come back, we're going to get to your Twitter mailbag questions and I'll fill out my playoff bracket in the NFL. But first, if you want to get some action on the playoff games, you guys got to check out my bookie where if you know the game of football, they'll let you cash in on your knowledge with my bookie. No one lets you turn your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet better than they do. Between football season, the NBA, and the start of college hoops, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain, my bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back into the game. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win than they do. Parlays, teasers, individual props, whatever you want. If you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code Locked On to take advantage of mybookie's generous sign-up offer, visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. NFL playoffs, one of the best times of year. I wish the Dolphins were part of it, but they are not. One of these years, we're going to see this team in that part of the season. They're going to win some games, and it shall be glorious. But we do have four games this weekend, four more games next weekend, and then three after that. 11 professional football games left this year. Enjoy them while you can. But for the Dolphins, it's back to the offseason drawing board. And so with that, I asked you guys to send me in your offseason questions for the mailbag. We have 70-something questions in here. Not going to get to all of them. Let's go ahead and start right here off the top. Dolphins fan 82. He's at Dolphins fan 82. And just real quick, so you guys know, when you put a personal like congratulations or happy holidays in here, I'm not going to read it on the podcast. I very much appreciate it and please keep doing it, but I don't want to keep reading pleasantries towards myself on the podcast. That seems a little bit vain. So we'll just skip over those parts. Okay, guys, this question comes in from DolphinsFan82 at DolphinsFan82. What do you think the Dolphins do in the draft if Tua decides to stay at Alabama next year? And this is a really popular question because I see a lot of folks or a lot of opinions out there that say, oh, great, let's just go ahead and pass on the quarterback one more year, keep kicking the can down the road. But I really can't understand that approach or that thinking because why would you rather just settle for a quarterback opposed to taking one you like way better later on? It's like you're a senior in college and you know that you're about to go into the real world and you have to get to work and you have to just pick like the best girl available to marry. Like I don't understand that approach whatsoever. So to me, it's all about finding the quarterback quarterback you love do not settle and I think the one quarterback in this class they could love would be 
Jordan Love if Tua is not in it. I've told you guys this before. The scouting community is very high on Jordan Love, and we've heard from a lot of different sources the Dolphins have scouted Jordan Love very heavily and think fairly highly of him as well. But again, if Tua goes back to me, I might just rebuild this roster like Isaiah Simmons with the fifth pick, go back and get a couple offensive linemen and get this roster up to snuff for Ryan Fitzpatrick because you guys know I believe he's good enough. And then with three all-star, five-star quarterbacks coming out next year, Dolphins should have the draft capital to go up and make one of those guys their own if they so choose. So be patient. Don't force it. That's the number one thing. Jordan loves the best option behind Tua this year. Next question here from Kirk Marks at Coco Marks Kirk. So you think the Finns will spend any money on Tooney, Scherf, or possibly the defensive end from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Joe Tooney makes so much sense, and I've referred to this article several times before. There's a reason that free agents are kind of apprehensive towards leaving their current team, going out in the open market, and a reason that teams are afraid to import that talent because the success you have in the NFL, it's not parallel across your career no matter what you do like there's a certain level of program a certain level of scheme a certain fit the relationship you have with your offensive line coach with your offensive coordinator with your head coach there are so many factors that weigh into a player being successful with one team and then again with another team and sure the top of all of those things is his talent level but there are so many things that have to fall into place so the best free agent ads you can do are the ones that fit what you do both schematically in your program the relationship between positional coaches. So with all that said, I think Joe Tooney just makes so much sense. I think Kyle Van Noy makes so much sense for that reason. I've talked about Danny Shelton and Logan Ryan, all former Patriots that have that connection. They also have the talent and are great scheme fits. As far as Scherf, I think the medical might scare them away from him just a little bit. And Yannick Ngakwe, man, if he gets out there on the open market, granted, it's a little bit rich to pay for defensive ends on the open market because they command almost quarterback level money and you're going to have to get elite production year after year for him to be worth that contract but still I think he can do it I think he can play 85% of the snaps so I do think that the Dolphins will look at all these options and I'm so confident for the first time in a long time they'll make the right decisions there next question here from Miami underscore culture he's at Miami underscore culture do you think we should stay at our draft slots or because we have so many picks should we trade up for higher round players or trade for veterans the veteran part I'll address first I almost can guarantee you the Dolphins will make multiple trades this offseason with those draft picks in the middle rounds for guys that maybe aren't in the best situations contractually, guys that maybe have some bad blood with their current team. Trent Williams, for instance, makes a lot of sense. I talked about Bill Callahan on the podcast yesterday. If the Dolphins hired him on the offensive line, that could be a connection to to, uh, Trent Williams. And then the Washington maybe screwed themselves over by waiting on that trade for so long that you can get a Jadavian Clowney type of deal done for that guy and send a second or third round draft pick for your franchise left tackle. And the Trent Williams idea is pure speculation because any guy I tell you on this potential list would be speculation. But to answer your question, 100% almost can guarantee they'll make multiple trades. That's just kind of how they do it. That's how the NFL has been trending in recent years. The Patriots model is to make low level trades that benefit them better than the opposition all the time. That's what the Dolphins want to do. And as far as trading the draft picks, I think that if Tua does not come out for that fifth overall pick, that could be in play to trade down. But also the picks at the back end of the first round could be a great spot for Miami to say, look, there's some teams at the top of the second round that maybe view this talent pool as 25 players deep, and they have to get themselves back into that top 25, top 20 range to make it happen. And from there, because there are so many guys that are going back to school right now, particularly Alabama, maybe that talent pool shrinks. Maybe there's a little bit more urgency from the rest of the league, and maybe the price goes up for the Dolphins to get more draft capital next year in the event of the previous question that Tua 
Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are all available in that 2021 draft class. So to answer your question, expect a lot of activity from this Dolphins team. Next question here from Angelo Hatake. I hope I got that right. At bmamba16 on Twitter. If Tua isn't available, should we just go for Jonathan Taylor? Hope Jalen Hurts is there on day two. Great job, man. Look, I don't think... Jonathan Taylor is anywhere near a fifth overall pick. I wouldn't even take him in the first round to be completely honest with you guys. And the running back class really stacks up favorably for Miami because there are such a glut of players near the top of that back end of the first round, that Josh Jacobs territory, all the way down to Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook territory for me, where you could get a really, really, really good player with either pick number 39, maybe it's pick 62, maybe it's even pick 70, and I think Jonathan Taylor would be the best option, maybe in the second round somewhere. I just don't think he has the passing game prowess as guys like Travis Etienne or J.K. Dobbins to make sense in the first round. And on top of that, if you use those first round draft picks on more premium positions in terms of how much money those guys make in their second contracts, like cornerbacks or like pass rushers, quarterbacks, of course, always fit into that. Your left tackles of the world, like a Laramie Tunzel, you get that fifth year option, which is so valuable in terms of giving you more time in a bigger Super Bowl window. Whereas running backs, you just go ahead and draft them in the second round, get that four year contract. You probably chew them up and spit them out after that and don't pay them again and just come back to the running back position again four years down the line, but don't waste the fifth year option on a position that is the lowest paid position in the NFL. Hope that makes sense. So for me, I like pick 36 if it's Jake or 39, I should say, if it's JK Dobbins or Travis Etienne, my number one and number two backs. And then at pick number 62, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Chuba Hubbard, Cam Akers. I always forget names off this list, so I apologize for the guys I did forget, but there's going to be a glut of running backs in that second round. And then you got guys like AJ Dillon later on who could be a beast for you as well. Next question here from Dave Camfield at Dave Camfield. Who would be your dream free agency signing this offseason? I haven't talked about him yet today, but I have in the past. I think Byron Jones would just be a perfect example. And I think that if you go that route, you might have to consider alternatives for Xavier Howard because I just don't think this team is going to pay that kind of money to multiple defensive backs, especially if they play cornerback, both of them. And Byron Jones is going to want cornerback money because you just get paid more at that position, even if he plays a safety cornerback quasi combination role here in Miami. He'd be up there. Yannick Ngakwe is definitely up there. And Joe Tooney, all those guys at the top of that list for me in 2020. Next one here from Nick Imperato at Nick underscore Imperato. What do you think of Miami's scheduled opponents next year and a way too early record prediction? Man, you're putting my feet to the fire on this one. Well, the schedule right now looks difficult, but that changes every single year. The home slate is not that rough, and I think this Dolphins team is going to win a lot of home games next season, and that could be two of the three divisional games, probably split with the AFC West with the Chiefs and the Chargers. The Bengals, Seahawks, and Rams probably can get two of those as well. You go on the road, though, things get more difficult. Let's say they split the division in total, so three and three there. I'll go ahead and give them the both the road games in terms of the AFC West over Denver and Las Vegas. Vegas. I think Jacksonville should be a pretty easy opponent next year, regardless of what happens this offseason. Then you have Arizona and San Francisco both on the road. The Niners are a very good football team. I won't predict a win over them. The Cardinals with Kyler Murray always scares you. So I think the Dolphins could find a way to navigate a winning season next year. There's no reason for me to think they can't if they handle business the right way this offseason. And the best part about 2019 is I think they established a program and a culture that's way more attractive than folks had assumed it would be coming into the year. We talked about Jadavian Clowney saying, 
saying no to the Dolphins or free agents, prospective free agents down the line saying, no, you guys tanked for a quarterback and I don't want to be a part of that. Well, that's not what happened in that locker room. You saw a team that fought tooth and nail for their coach every single day, weeks one through 17, played their best ball down the stretch, finished five and four over the final nine games and a locker room that just to a man unequivocally loves their head coach and loves being a part of this Miami Dolphins football team. So I actually think the Dolphins are going to be a free agent destination for pretty much anybody they want. I think they'll have a chance to get. I think this roster is going to get overturned in a way that you're very competitive and a very good team next season. And then in 2021, that could be the year for the big jump and maybe a deep postseason run as soon as 2021. Nice rhymes, nice rhymes. All right, we're going to come back on the other side and finish up the mailbag questions, and I'll give you guys my NFL playoff pool or my playoff bracket, whatever it's called, here next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Let's jump right back into the off-season mailbag here on this Friday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We are coming to you from the Locked On Podcast Network, and this next question comes in from Mark H. He's at Mark Halodi on Twitter. Can't we all agree that offensive line is much more important to address than the quarterback position? No, not, not at all. I don't understand where that idea would ever come from because this league is all about the quarterbacks. Every single year we go over this, I feel like, and you look at the teams that finish towards the top of the league in the standings, in the playoffs, in the Super Bowls. It's always the teams that get the best quarterback play. It's all about the quarterback, and that's why you don't settle for a bad one. In that case, Mark, I would agree, go out and get better offensive linemen for when you do find that quarterback you love, but the question of offensive line versus quarterback, it's not even close. The quarterback position is the most important all of sports and it's not close next one from farty monkhauser at spire cbs on twitter outside of probable quarterback what other positions do you believe they'll address in the first round i think the offensive tackle position makes so much sense in the back end of that first round because of the talent you could have there between makai becton from louisville between josh jones from houston austin jackson from usc i was hopeful for alex leatherwood from alabama we could get a look at jedrick wills although i think he goes higher than that maybe tristan worse from iowa comes out but i think he too goes in the top 15 so i think offensive tackle makes a whole bunch of sense for Miami with one of those picks. So does center. Creed Humphrey, Nick Harris, and Tyler Bayadash all going to catch first round buzz. You could go in that direction. On the defensive side of the football, should be some good safeties in that group. Xavier McKinney, if you want your free safety that ranges from sideline to sideline. Antoine Winfield from Minnesota, he does literally everything. So I'll go with those two positions. Offensive line on the outside, the edges, the tackles, and the safety position for the most likely. Next question here from William at Brunswick Kane. Can you speculate on how long you think Jordan Love will take to progress into a starting quarterback in the NFL and could Fitz hold it down until then, even two more years? It's a great question. It's difficult for me to project how long that could take. I do think that Jordan Love has a lot of mechanical work and mental makeup work to do. I think that playing in that spread, quick attack, you watch the Utah State Aggies this year, all they cared about was speed. And that can be an inherent problem in quarterbacks going to the next level because They can kind of gloss over some of the finer details. And I've heard scouts talk about that offensive linemen that way are more concerned about getting back to the offense, to the line of scrimmage and getting to the next rep opposed to finishing their blocks. And that's why the offensive line issue exists in today's NFL because they're not being coached properly in college. And I saw a lot of that with Jordan Love. Some of the quick setup game, the quick screen game, the swing routes, the stuff where the ball comes out of his hands quickly. He doesn't always get himself into the right throwing position. And that causes his accuracy to go awry sometimes, which 
is kind of funny because he can throw from so many different platforms on the move in the pocket, drop the arm angle down, go up over the top. It's so silky and smooth when he's aligned the right way. And when he's not aligned the right way, as long as it's in the structure, he just has to find a way to get to that point. And so I think you're going to have to develop that. I also think you're going to have to teach him to learn how to read from high to low, from middle to out. He's just not quite advanced in the NFL concepts yet. And that'll probably take one year. That's his max. I'm going to put it. I would never give a guy a multiple year scouting report in today's league. I think you bench him or put him behind Fitzpatrick for one season. Maybe if Fitzpatrick gets hurt, you bring him in. Maybe if you need a spark late in the year, you bring him in that way too. But I think that a one-year eval, a one-year progress report on Jordan Love would be plenty for his game to really realize its full potential. Let's get to one more here. This is from Tom Cavanaugh at Tom Anik one on Twitter. Could you see the Dolphins doing any more cap deals for draft picks? For example, if the Jags wanted to get rid of Foles and looking for an Osweiler type deal, could we do that? Maybe. I don't think the Dolphins will be in the mode in terms of buying those types of contracts. I think the one that makes the most sense would be Rashad Jones, maybe eating some of that salary and saying goodbye to him because he's just not a guy you can count on, but he might make more sense for a team that's kind of pushing their chips all into the table in 2020. I don't think that's going to be Miami, obviously, and he just has not been here. He was second team when he was first healthy to begin the season at training camp. Of course, he got back into the starting lineup when he was healthy, then he came back and played one game, got hurt again. I think Rashad Jones moving on would make a lot of sense. But as far as the Dolphins buying those types of deals this year, I don't think so because I think they're going to want to be aggressive in the way they approach this thing. And they're not going to, this is a one-year thing, I think, in terms of kind of saying, okay, we're going to be the punching bag. We're going to take on all these bad deals and push our resources into the future. They'll still do that. They're still going to find a way to restock the cupboards in the future, but I don't think it'll be via that way because that's pretty extreme, like the Aqib Talib deal. All right, the NFL playoffs begin tomorrow. We have a big game as far as the Dolphins draft picks are concerned. That pick could wind up anywhere from 21 to 24 if they lose to the Bills. So you're going to have to root for Buffalo this Saturday in that game. And of course, on Saturday night, I think we all want to see Ryan Tannehill end the Tom Brady career, the Tom Brady Patriots run with a win that could possibly do it. Would love to see that. And so with that, let's go ahead and get to our predictions for this weekend. And I'm going to be lame and take all chalk. I've got the Texans winning at home over the Bills. They are three-point favorites. The Patriots are four-and-a-half-point favorites, I think. And I see the Titans catching a lot of buzz. I understand Derrick Henry could run right down that team's throat. They have a defense good enough to stop that bad Patriots offense and Ryan Tannehill playing as good as any quarterback in the league right now. They have the pieces in place and the recipe to do it. I just won't count on it until I see it. So I'm taking the Patriots at home over the Titans. Give me the Saints over the Vikings, the Seahawks over the Eagles. Seahawks, I think are going to be road favorites in that game. So I'll take the favorites in all four of those. Divisional round weekend, the best weekend in football on the calendar all year long. The Kansas City Chiefs I'm going to go ahead and take them to advance and the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. And I'll take one underdog, the Saints over the Packers at Lambeau Field. Although I believe the Saints are probably the better team anyway. So we're going to go all chalk again in the conference championship games. Give me the Ravens over the Chiefs and the Saints over the Niners in a classic rematch of that game they had back in November. A very great game between the Saints and the 49ers. So it's Ravens and Saints and I'm taking Ravens and Lamar Jackson to win the whole damn thing. Taking chalk the whole way. Just give me the best teams. We'll see what happens. Of course, I'll be wrong, but those are your picks. Ravens over Saints in the Super Bowl and this weekend's games, Texans, Patriots, Saints, and Seahawks. 
Those are my proposed winners for you guys for the 2020 NFL playoffs. All right, that's going to be my time for this show for this week. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition. Check that on Sunday for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.